TTB Music Podcast. Is it recording? <laughs> it is recording, yeah. Good. At the moment it's recording. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I'm not making that mistake again. And again. <laughs> yeah, except, we, except clearly we have no. made that mistake. Ah. Uh, yes, uh, welcome back, listener. Uh, it's the seventh podcast of the year as we move smoothly wow. into uh, July. Yeah. And uh, this month we are looking at ABC Lexicon of Love 2. Garbage, Strange Little Birds, Brandy Clark, Big Day in a Small Town, Colvin and Earl, Colvin and Earl, uh, Lacuna Coil, Delirium, and Rick Astley, 50. So, we shall start in the 80s. Always a good place to start. Yeah, and we'll be ending in the 80s as well, clearly, but right. we shall start yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. And um, the ninth album from ABC, and a decision... For the money to um, <laughs> decide it's a sequel to the uh, 1982 debut album, Lexicon of Love. Um, first album in eight years as well. well. So, one, do we really need another ABC album, full stop? And two, is it worthy of the title, Lexicon of Love 2? Pete? Uh, yes. And, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's... One more. Right. Um, Let's Can I Love 2. It's it's a good album, um, if if you like ABC. I, I have to say, uh, one thing that always surprises me about 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 Martin Fry is the guy's voice. It hasn't changed. No, he just in, still in, sounds... He still sounds exactly the same as he did 30-odd years ago on the on the original. Um, this is a this is just a, a really pleasant album. You know, it's it's upbeat pretty much all the way through. I wrote pleasant down. You wrote pleasant? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, you never know we didn't rehearse these things. Um, it's a very pleasant album. It's, it's upbeat all the way through. Um, there isn't really... There isn't really... A, a, I can't really say anything negative about it because there's nothing negative about it. So every note is happy. Every song is happy. Yes. Um, it's just love from cover to cover. Um, and it's all the different sort of variations on on love and romantic love and, and uh, you know it's it's just a real joy to listen to i wouldn't say it's the greatest album of the year by far <laughs> <laughs> you know but it's, it's a good album i'm not going to say solid by the way but it's a good album you know what what would you want it's, it's martin fry it's the band are back together they're happy they're singing about love yeah, yeah. Um, i would have to concur i mean I, it's you know it's that kind of 36 years on thing, reusing title, uh, really, in the hopes of a cash-in. Mm. Um, mm. Clearly, yeah. didn't have to be yeah. called that. Exactly. Yeah. Could and should, by all rights, probably be awful, but mm. it's not. As you say, it is yeah. genuine, uh, genuinely pleasant, yeah. enjoyable retro pop trip. Uh, certainly better than a lot of records you're likely to hear this year, and certainly better than some of the ones that uh, we've already heard this year. Yeah, um, and it has a kind of big kind of, you know, it's big, as you'd expect, lots of strings, yeah. big kind of sweeping, almost cinematic, yeah. uh, you know, kind of um, technicolour 
yeah kind of uh but it never it never grows tired as well that that sort of technicolor yeah sweeping i, I mean i think first time round i think first time round trevor yeah. hall was responsible for that i think yeah. this time round he was unavailable so yeah. i think um i think martin fry's co-produced this himself i think right. um and it, yeah, it, 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 is, it is an enjoyable album. I mean, from the, most people, unless they've been living under a rock, are probably familiar with the single Viva Love, which has got lots of airplay, big on Radio 1, big on Radio 2, um, which apparently is the only song on the album that's been knocking around for years. The rest right. of it was kind of written right. fairly recently. Okay. Um, but that, in a, one form or another, had been knocking around for a bit. Um, that's a great tune. You've got Singing Not the Song and Love Inside the Love. Um, Although Love Inside the Love, just, just, uh, I was listening to that and was thinking, this is ripping off a gem song, I can't <laughs> f- figure out which one it is. Yeah. Um, so those f- were tracks that, that immediately spring to mind if I'm looking through the, the list of um, things as kind of highlights, but you know, the rest of the album is perfectly fine, it's, it's an enjoyable record to listen to, you put it on and you kind of go, you kind of go with the flow I suppose. Yeah, really. it's a great summer album as well, I think yeah. it's pitched exactly right for this time of year. Indeed, I think I think you're spot on there. Um, so off to a good start. Yay! Uh, we'll be back to '80s voices later. Yes. <laughs> we now move on to uh, surprisingly only the sixth album from uh, Garbage, uh, Strange Little Birds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we actually reviewed the fifth the fifth album. We did. About Bleed th- like me. Was that the fourth? No, I think that was the fourth. Whatever, whatever the one that was about four years ago, wasn't it? No, sounds um, right. <laughs> <yeah>. Memorable. <laughs> I know, it's quite, that's quite bad, isn't it, really? Um, so it's the sixth album from the band. that list. Um, and this is uh, quite interesting for, for me, because it's, I think it's, a le- again, it's kind of the, the kind of cinematic element mm. to this as well. Um, and it's more, for me, it felt um, much more atmospheric and less pop-driven than... Yeah. Um, the last couple of albums, I think, from from them, whilst retaining that the kind of mashup of um, sounds, kind of studio sounds, industrial, indie pop, trip hop, kind of stuff that has essentially made their sound over the yeah. over the years. Um, there's been a few reviews of the album saying it's probably their best album since uh, their eponymous debut. Mm. Um, and I have to confess, this was definitely one of those classic instances where the first couple of listens, I was going, hmm, not so sure, really. It's fine, but... Uh. And then I had the magic third mm. third listen moment, which then resulted in the almost immediately fourth listen mm. moment. Mm. And mm. I've come around to this album quite, quite, quite a lot. I, th- I think this arguably is their best album since the de- debut album. Um, partly because it's... It's always nice. To, it's always nice to hear records that are just grim, and you know, it's not an upbeat pop record. It's particularly uh, tickly, lyric, lyrically, typically yes. as you might expect from Shirley Manson, despite the fact that she's been happily married for <laughs> six years to uh, the band's um, engineer. Actually, um, you wouldn't necessarily know it from the the, uh, the lyrics on this record. I mean, it's a record that starts off with track sometimes with the mm. lyrics sometimes I'd rather take a beating sometimes I'd rather take a punch mm. I learn more oh. when I'm bleeding you knock me down and then I get up and, and that's kind of sets the tone for the lyrics on, on, on this, yeah. this, this thing and sometimes it's obviously is, is an inter- interesting kind of slow brooding basically nine inch nails track mm. uh, 
And then goes into one of the a handful of poppier moments in the album, I suppose. Um, empty along with, I think, uh, We Never Tell, I'm probably magnetised towards the, the end of the album, are both, both, all three are very much in that kind of typical um, garbage kind of pop rocker kind of mm. category. Um, kind of bread and butter garbage kind of stuff, really. But for me, uh, the, the tracks that are, that's really work for me actually are some, are some of the kind of slower tracks that have got more interesting things going on. So, um, Night Drive, Loneliness, even though I love is doomed, particularly I really really like, and Amends, the, the, the very end of the album. Again, it's kind of slow brooding, but there's some interesting musically and lyrical kind of notes blending in. And it is an album that I'm. The more and more I'm listening to it, the more and more I'm getting out of it. So, it, good chance that this one will be in my top twenty come the end of the year. I agree. I agree with pretty much everything you said. In fact, yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I think it is possibly their best album for twenty years. Twenty years. Um, um, you know, I think. I mean, yeah, okay. Version two get, gives it a good run for its money, but but I think it's definitely up there with 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 their their sort of classic. Yeah, uh, first two albums. Um, uh, there's even a nice time with the original album that you look at the sleeve. Mm. Uh, you got the fle- you got the feathers and the G on the original. On this one, you have got sort of the leopard skin. Yes, so it's got, but it's the same sort of G uh, for me. So, so there's a nice little nod there as well, which I liked. Um, I, I, I mean, sometimes for me, set the tone for this album. I think it's my favourite track of the album. Yeah, it's definitely in my top ten list of tracks. Not that I ever get around to compiling it, but um, <laughs> one day, who, man, man can dream. Um, it's definitely in there. I mean, it's, it really does set the tone, and 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 it's probably my favourite track of theirs for oh, probably just as long. Yeah, you know, I thought it was an awesome track, and it does really set the tone, and it does really sort of set out um, what this album's about. This album is is a classic garbage album from that 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 sort of dark brooding alternative rock era. Yes, um, which they, along with the likes Nine Inch Nails and others, were sort of were characteristic of. Um, <clears throat> I mean, all I can add to what you've already already said is uh, I, I I do like teaching little plinger, think, <laughs> plingers teaching little fingers to play, um, as well amends uh, and so we can stay alive. I think I think again it sort of goes a little bit sort of more latter day average garbage somewhere in the middle. Yeah, um, but it starts very strongly and it ends it ends strongly as well. Um, so for me, yes, this is this is definitely in my top something of the year to be determined to be determined mm. right we've not, not had many so you know right. it's good we move right. we move from that to uh, country corner yay for our next 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 <laughs> to uh, uh, and it is really because we, we do come back to rock uh, and 80s mm. after the podcast but for now we turn to country and the second album from uh, Brandy Clark whose first album we liked a lot we did um she is someone that's worked with and written with Casey Musgraves and uh, Shane McAnally. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, she continues to work with Shane, particularly on as co-written some of the songs on this, this record. You can tell. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah, so this is her sec- second second album. Um, bit of a kind of slight change in direction of going kind of more slightly upbeat than the first album, I think. Yeah. But, you know. yeah. Does it work? Yeah. The, the first album was quite dark in places. It, it felt like battered and bruised country. 
Yes, it's I like, like it, very good. Yeah, it's like, like Casey Musgrave hit the bottle for 30 years and came back out the other side. I know Randy Clark's not that old, but you know, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I'm getting at. Um, whereas this is, yeah, definitely more upbeat. Um, sort of more what traditional, what you'd expect country to sound like, if that makes yeah. sense. I mean, we've had, we've had some really good albums recently that have crossed over to the mainstream. I'm thinking of Casey, I'm thinking of Brandy's first album. Um, this is actually a bit more traditional, what a country album should sound like in my mind. Yeah, it makes sense, and it doesn't lose anything for it. Actually, um, I mean, there's uh, great tracks on here. Girl Next Door, Homecoming Queen. Um, I, I love Daughter. Yeah, and the just the sort of vengy bitchiness of a mother <laughs> mother's ballad to her girl. You know, uh, I hope you have to deal with all the I've had to deal with, um, and and um, again, uh, that sort of it encapsulates what the first album did, which is that sort of small town, big stories kind yes. of vibe. You know, in the first album, you had broken marriages and cheating husbands and lying and smoking and drinking. Uh, and in this, you actually have a track called track called Drinking and Smoking and Cheating. And you also have um, uh, Big Day in a Small Town and Three Kids and No Husband. Uh, so it's that yep. sort of earthy, gritty stuff. And then a very personal track at the end. Yeah, it's Intro to Heaven, yes. really sort of, if you, if you wonder why the likes of Donald Trump are getting so much traction at the moment... You just have to listen to the lyrics of that song and think about what's been happening here as well. And you start to see that that disconnect between, you know, the world around us and, and actually what's happening back in a small town where she grew up. Absolutely. Not that I'm being political. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think you're right. I, I, and I say that this... It's quite funny because this album just st starts off really, really main, main, mainstream with um, Soap Opera and Girl Next Door. And soap opera is literally what it is. It sounds like it's a story about everyone playing their, playing their part and how kind of cliched thing, things are in um, all towns, really, never mind small towns. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> and Girl Next Door is just pure tango in the night, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Which is kind of really, yeah. which is really weird, because it's kind of, kind of piercing, thinking, wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, you mentioned Homecoming Queen as well. Homecoming Queen is uh, one of my favourite tracks on the album. Apparently it had been... Uh, Cheryl Crow recorded it first. Oh, right. she says, so the song had been knocking around for a while. I mean, Brandy wrote it, with, I think, with Shay McNally. Uh, and it was on Cheryl's um, country album of uh, a couple of years back. Rings it out, yes. Uh, I've since yeah. listened to Cheryl's version of it as well. As, as well. Uh, good? It's good, but the, the version here is, this one better? is yeah. definitely better. Um, apart from that, I would, I, would, I would agree with one of the other things you said. There's, there's still that kind of um, honesty about the songs that I quite that I quite like, um, ly lyrically and in, in the way she kind of um, gets the songs over as well. It's just there's, there's a genuine kind of honesty and believability about the stories she's telling, and stories that you know. What I think is good about these kind of songs is that they're songs that will work in a um, you know big arena, mm. lots of people in, but will also work with her mm. just sat with an acoustic guitar. Yeah, in I fact, just, we've seen her yeah, do just seen, the latter. I mean, that's exactly what I pictured half of these tracks sounding like. Even though they sound different on this record, I could just picture her playing them just with a guitar and her yeah. in a bar. In a bar! So I, 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 yeah. Not sure if it's as good as the first album, but it's still a pretty good record. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's a good sentiment. We, I said we stick with... Uh, country music, mm. uh, sort of, and we move on to uh, 
the debut album. Which is funny to say, a debut album from people that have been around for years. <laughs> yeah. A debut album from Colvin and Earl, which are Sean Colvin and Steve Earl. Uh, clearly, artists that have both been around for uh, a long time, both uh, very successful in their own right. And they got together um, 18 months ago and decided to sit down and write a record together. And one of the things I quite like about, about this record, one that's very short, it's, you know, it is half an hour, if that. Two, they resisted the temptation just to literally just throw every song they'd written onto the album. Mm. So it's actually, the album's made up of six songs that they wrote together and four covers. Yeah. Um, the most well-known of the covers being a cover of the Rolling Stones is Ruby Tuesday. Mm. And... So I kind of liked that they just kind of thought, you know what, we've got we've got some songs, but some of these songs aren't good enough. So rather than just stick it all on and release an album that's fifty minutes an hour, yeah. we just want to release an album that's got ten, ten tracks on it, short, sweet. And because of that, I think it's quite an easy record to, record to listen to because it, it does kind of rattle on by. Um, I think mostly it's pretty pretty good. Um, I think the combination of their voices. Uh, the kind of gruffness of Steve Earle's voice and slightly more kind of melodic uh, tone to Colvin's I think works quite well mm. um, strange talking about gruffness and melodic <laughs> given, given that the next album that's coming up also has <laughs> a, bit, a bit of that going on <laughs> uh, um, and so yeah I think it's I think bizarrely I think Ruby Tube, the cover of Ruby Tuesday possibly because it is so well, well, well known is possibly the worst track on the album although i saw them live and it was brilliant live i can imagine it kind of worked yeah. just, just just really really worked yeah. live which it doesn't quite work for me oh, okay on the re- on the record and it kind of feels like a place on the record as well for me in the in the, in the context mm-hmm. of the rest of the rest, rest yeah. of the rest of the tracks yeah um where the album does really work well and i think they work well together is is on songs like tell moses which is the second track which is a kind of foot stomping kind of folk song that kind of draws on lots of similar songs in the in the past um you're right i'm wrong which is you know, a sentiment we <laughs> we're all familiar with in life uh, and the best track on the on the entire album for me is the closing track you're still gone which i think is just a beautiful beautiful song and worthy of listening to the album just for that track uh, so I think it's good, not brilliant record, yes. but it's it's an enjoyable record to listen to and one that you're kind of thinking, well, it, you know, I'd be quite happy for them to do another. Yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to hear another. Um, uh, you're you're obviously a long term fan of one of these artists, um, so I, I can't do I can't really do it justice. I, I enjoyed this record. Um, I perhaps didn't enjoy it as much as the Bandy Clark record, but mm-hmm. I still enjoyed it. Um, I actually thought that Ruby Tuesday, I could hear that. I could hear how that might work in a different setting. So I didn't have a problem with that, actually. I thought, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I see what you're saying, though. It does, it does stick out a little. Yeah, it worked better. Bizarrely, yeah. it works better live without strings. Ah, OK, yeah. Well, Just the acoustic yeah. guitars and then yeah. um, kind well, of... Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, that was a, a stand-up because it's a great song. Uh, and, and, and You're Still Gone is obviously beautiful. Um 
and and you know there are a couple of other tracks on here which are just really you know just sort of really nice sort of easy listening to, to listen easy listening now easy yes to listen to, no, and, and, listening. and easy listening yeah um yeah it's, it's a nice it's a nice album it's it's kind of a a little bit quieter i think than the sort of the sort of earthiness of the brandy clarks and, and that sort of it's more folk than country for sure yes but uh, uh, no it's, it's yeah good speaking of quiet um <laughs> Lacuna Coil, <laughs> and their eighth album, uh, Delirium, and uh, a band that obviously in their past past uh, done one of the, might have been one of the best Depeche Mode covers. Which one was it? Again? Time. Um, was it was it was it Enjoy the Silence? Yes, Enjoy the Silence. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, Italy's finest. Beat. It peaked for me with Enjoy the Silence several years ago. <laughs> uh, I really wanted to like this record, but but um, it was it wasn't very good. <laughs> Plus they called it Delirium. I mean, come yeah, on, how cliche can you get? It's like it's Delirium. Ah! Uh, you know, you, you, that's House of Shame you were doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. That's the only track. I was really disappointed. I really was. I I thought I thought this could have been an awesome record but it wasn't um, fortunately I listened to this before listening to the garbage album because <laughs> had I done it the other way around I think my expectations would have been way too high <laughs> um, so no I, I mean I must confess I only listened to this the once through I could bring myself to listen to it again <laughs> uh, so it, it, does uh, it improve? yes it, do, it does because really? uh, I have to say my my opinion I mean, the rule of it, is it always does, you know. Uh, my opinion of it was very very similar. It has mm. to be said. I mean, I, I'm quite a big fan of their um, album from 2002, 2003, I think it is, yeah. um, Comelies, which is uh, I still think it's a pretty good pretty good re re record. This similarly, I put it on first of all, and one it's noticeably heavier than than yeah. I remember them being. Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought as well. So uh, there was yeah. there was that. Uh, first listen, I genuinely like you. I kind of thought this really is total bollocks. <laughs> uh, but then I have listened to it again, and I have to confess, bits of it, bits of it have yeah, have yeah, a, have actually grown on me, including yeah. strangely uh, the, the opener House of, House, House of Shame, which was it's kind of uh, yeah. Um, Delirium, he said, said, said Delirium is arguably the best track on the album. Mm. The title track. Shame. Um, <laughs> yeah. Take Me Home, uh, the sixth track on the album, is also, also quite good. Uh, the problem, even as I was starting to like to like bits of it, though, um, was I liked bits more in isolation rather yeah. than as part of the album. And when listening to it as, as an album, even... Uh, when I got through the third listen, which was this afternoon, yeah. um, it was just a sameness to it as it kind of went 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 on that yeah. meant I kind of got lost in the, in the So even as I was thinking, oh, I quite like these couple of tracks at the start, start of the album. By the time we drifted into the second half of the record, I had kind of drifted um, myself and just kind of thought, well, no, it's not, it's not coming together for me. Yeah. Um, so whilst I don't think it is Totem Bollocks, uh, as my first <laughs> listen would have uh, led me to believe, it's I still don't think it's uh, their best record of the ones that I'm familiar with, uh, and I don't think it quite hangs together as well as it could. Yeah, 
I think that's a very fair comment. I think a little tidying around the edges, it could have been a much, a much better record, a much more enjoyable listen. As I say, I, I wanted to like it, and, and we have listened to far worse from this genre. Oh, Christ, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> we've listened to some right rotters. Yeah, I mean, but we have listened to some even better growling though. Yeah, we have had better growling on worse records. But anyway, so uh, yes, there we go. That was my thoughts. So silence. Back to the eighties, and uh, the return of Rick Astley. First, (laughs) words I never thought we'd hear. (laughs) First album in over ten years, and surprisingly, it's eighth studio album altogether. Which I was, I I didn't actually realise he'd. He did. I, I thought he'd actually taken a bigger break break than than he yeah, had. Yeah, I thought so he had. Still, he's obviously had a dabble. Yeah. Uh, so he's back uh, with twelve new tracks, all yeah. written and produced by the man himself. <laughs> um, and this is this is a uh, this is an interesting record. <laughs> I mean, it genuinely, is an interesting record. No, no one has, or at least no one that actually knows what they're talking about musically, mm. uh, has ever said that the man doesn't have a great voice. And there's ample proof of it yeah. on, on this this record. You know, he may be fifty, and I do like the kind of Adele, yeah, little job of having yeah. a uh, age for the thing. Uh, but he can still belt out a tune with with his nice deep baritone voice he's got. Um, musically, I have it. I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. Mm. Um, it starts off pretty strong with the the, the two singles mm. that have been released off it. Keep singing, and Angels on My Side. Uh, although perhaps Candy Statton deserves a songwriting credit credit for the kind of you got the mm. you got the love, you got the love. Um, bit that's clearly at the start of the mm. song, um, and then you have a really nice acoustic ballad called "Wish Away," which I quite liked as well. And I, and I was feeling feeling good for Rick and the eighties and everything. Yeah. Um, and then we go into this old house, which I think. Uh, it's not the Shaking Stevens no, classic. No, that's my first thought. Yeah. Um, shame. Yeah, it is a shame, actually, because <laughs> this is where the album hit its first dud note for me. Uh. Um, and was also the point where I was thinking, oh, for God's sake, stop listening to Moby's play album. Because <laughs> there's a lot of that in the back, musically in the background, in the background of this album. Just, there's yeah, a lot yeah. that, pian- that piano sound, that, you're thinking, yeah. that is just lifted straight off play. Yeah. Uh, and I thought we wasn't going to hear that again. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's not that it plays a bad album, don't get me wrong, plays, plays a good record, but yeah. It was uh, like time. Yeah. <laughs> and then, when that, when, once I've got over that, he then does his, uh, you know, the Beatles as done by Take That Song pieces. <laughs> and, I was st- and, I, and I was kind of starting to lose it at that point. And then I totally lost it when it got to God, God Says. <laughs> And it is quite. A, it is actually is quite a religious album. It is um, yeah. uh, li- yeah. lyrically, it's or a spiritual album. If you, yeah, if you like this, there's, there's, a, there's um, and not just because you've got a track called "God Says" and then a track called "Pray Pray With Me." Um, even on the other other tracks, there's definitely a kind of spiritual uh, bent to the um, the lyrics themselves, and. You know, overall, it, it's a, it's you know it's a decent it's a decent comeback rec, rec, record. Um, again, going to hear much worse records this, this this year. If someone was playing it, you wouldn't be kind of necessarily tend to turn it off or anything. Or anything, it's fine. But it's for me, it's a slight shame that it starts off as strong as it does and then doesn't quite rest of the album doesn't quite live up to the strength of those opening three tracks for me. Mm. Okay, that's a fair comment, because I think it's true. It's true. Um, 
He's just got an awesome voice. Yeah. He's just got an awesome voice. He just sounds like he's having a really good time as well. I mean, even when you see him on TV and interviews, and <laughs> I saw him on the National Lottery. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're here, so you clearly didn't win. Classic McCasley. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, he's just, he just seems to be having a laugh the whole time whenever you hear from him, whether it was at 30, 40 or 50. You know? well, yeah, he's always, always come across the genuinely nice bloke. Yeah, he's a genuinely nice bloke. And, and, and I, my, only, my only thought is, and you touched on it at the very start, um, if, if, only, if only he'd brought someone else in just to tweak the lyrics or help with the production, I think this would be a classic record. I think it would mm. do. Um, not, not for me, not my taste, but... I, I just think, yeah, this could have been a take that equivalent yeah. sort of album, you know, just a little bit more polish. Um, I have to say, I did like I love the, the song God Saves the Women Who Have the, 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 the Singing Park Benches floating in the sky. <laughs> and I thought, this guy's just taking the piss. He's really enjoying himself and he's making fun of you. <laughs> With, you know, well, I, 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 did, I, did, I did think he was taking the piss. Yeah. He's clearly having a laugh on some of this. Um, and I, right, there's some really, there's just the sort of first three, four, yeah, not four, first three tracks are really, really, really good. Um, and actually, I listened to this record um, with with my wife, and uh, and um, the last couple of tracks, we, I mean, I think, I think it was the last track. She said, "Oh, well, there we go. There's his Christmas number one." You know, <laughs> you know, it had that real sort of, said, you know, the ballad. Yes. And I, it got me thinking. Actually, did he have a Christmas? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Well, maybe not quite. Um, but but off his first rap album, he did a cover of Nat King Cole. Or he did, something. did you remember that? Cool. And I thought, there you go. Another it's, good, uh, another good barricade. Yeah, so he's got, he's going for another run at Christmas, I reckon. That's my bet. Yeah, you heard it here first in July. Okay, <laughs> he's going to be around at Christmas. <laughs> we let it rain then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like, I really enjoyed it. Right, that's us done then. So, uh, album of the podcast. Mm. Garbage. Oh, garbage! Followed very closely by Brandy Clark. I would, I would have to agree. Yeah. Uh, the garbage album is um, definitely the 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 winner for winner for me. Yeah. And we'll be hearing more of that at the end of the year. <laughs> and probably from Brandy Clark too. Um, right, that's us done from the podcast. Join uh, us again. Whenever we can be bothered to get together again and choose six more thrilling albums to listen to. Probably in summer, whenever that is. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah indeed. <laughs> Other albums you've missed as reviewing are the Radiohead, Radiohead album. Oh, we should do a list of these every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, nah, we haven't. Okay. Yeah. Nah, nah. And also, yeah. nah. unless you're a Radiohead fan and, and you're, I mean, really, really Radiohead fan, you're really not missing out by not hearing the Radiohead album. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Don't. Um, Yeah. Anyway, till next time. This month's podcast is dedicated to Chris Crowley.